global society an increasingly intense expectation of the intervention into human history by UFOs. It is very similar in tone to the build-up of messianic expectation in the Hellenistic world in the several centuries preceding the birth of Christ. The leaders of Roman society may have been caught off guard by the appearance of Christ, but they had no one to blame but themselves, since millions of people in the ancient world were expectantly awaiting some kind of messiah. So today, science and government poo-poo the idea of world contact with the UFOs, while the contact cults grow ever larger and more insistent that contact is about to occur. Imagine, therefore, what you may never have seriously imagined before. Imagine what would happen if the UFOs were to appear. Imagine a spaceship of the close encounters of the third kind variety, suddenly appearing in orbit around the Earth. Television and mass media would carry its image to every man, woman, and child on the planet. Governments would be paralyzed. Science would be helpless to explain where it came from or how it got here. Millenarian hysteria would break out everywhere. The UFO would be hailed as savior and denounced as antichrist. The end of the world would appear imminent, and all this would occur before the contact was more than a visual image. Then the UFO would begin its revelation. Vast displays of beneficent power can be expected. Perhaps it would mysteriously neutralize all weapons of mass destruction. Or it might use some sort of ray to cure all terrestrial cancer. Whatever it does, one may be sure that its actions will be impressive. Its actions will convert millions to the UFO religion in a space of hours. Indeed, its actions will be specifically designed to overwhelm us with the reality of its power and presence. That will close the first stage of the revelation. The second stage will be the teaching. Telepathically imparted, the specifics of the teachings cannot be anticipated, but they will urge love, voluntary simplicity, concern for one another, renunciation of war, perhaps renunciation of the destructive application of science. Whatever the teachings, the UFO will promise immense reward to those who follow them and dire consequences for those who do not. And the teachings will be delivered in so poetically perfect a way, so rich in understanding and appealing nuances, that no one will doubt their origin in a being wise and good and immensely superior. The delivery of the teachings will set the stage for the third and last and most shocking phase of the revelation, the departure. The saucer, promising vaguely to return, will simply disappear. The entire process could take less than a month. If this seems a short time, Recall that the entire public career of Christ lasted only three years. Christ's career occurred in a world where information could move no faster than a horse's gallop. Yet three years in one small part of the world was all that was necessary to launch a world religion with Bible for 1500 years. 
In a world of electronic communication, the impact of the saucer's arrival, miracles, teaching, and departure would be incalculable, even if it all occurred within a month. The saucer would leave in its wake a science utterly unable to provide any answers to the important questions concerning public law. The vast majority of people would be fanatical converts to the teachings of the saucer, and any institution in opposition to those teachings would expect to be swept away almost overnight. The departure of the UFO would create a sense of abandonment, the agony of which could be expected to echo in the human psyche for centuries. The only panacea would be the religion of the saucer, the religion left behind. Science would be discredited and soon abandoned in favor of a thousand or more years of exegesis of the saucerian method. Is it not a familiar pattern in the light of our discussion of Christ and Rome? What will never be said in the wake of such an event, and so must be said now, while there is still time for all of the above could occur and yet still be deception, a benign deception, designed to save us from our advanced science and infantile ethics, but a deception nevertheless. The saucer, no matter how alien it appears, no matter how advanced its demonstrations of power, is not a vehicle from some other star system. It is the oversoul of humanity up to its oldest trick. If one knows this, one can live through the revelation and the destruction of our scientific world, and yet evade the immense power of this most powerful of all transference phenomena, and thereby maintain the integrity of one's own soul and spirit. Remember, I am not a debunker of flying saucers or a defender of science. I am a contactee, and this book is the painstakingly told story of my own involvement with the UFOs. I am one of those Valet has pinpointed as being a carrier of ideas that paved the way for the scenario I have just described. Yet, from it all, I have learned that there is no religious revelation more satisfying than the hard-won fruits of simple understanding. And there is no liberation to compare with freeing oneself from the illusions and delusions of the age in which one lives. I reach these conclusions through my use and familiarity with psilocybin and other psychedelic drugs. They immerse their user in the world of the Oversoul and make one privileged to at least a part of its mechanics of operation. They allow a private dialogue with the Oversoul that is outside the context of the struggle between science and revelation that leaves no choice between the alienation of the rationalist and the tired formulas of the fanatic believer. Psychedelic drugs hold out the possibility of healing the breach between science and morality at the level of the individual 
thus freeing one to evolve independent of the chaos and transformation the UFOs may soon bring to humanity.